You're listening to Infinite Banking Radio with your host, Patrick Donahoe. You know, there's solutions out there to every one of the financial problems that Americans are facing today, and those solutions are right underneath their nose. The Infinite Banking concept has helped hundreds of thousands of individuals manage their hard-earned money effectively using time-tested financial principles that cannot fail. The intent of this podcast is to awaken these time-tested principles and reinstate certainty into the financial makeup of Americans. Our society is saturated in debt. Our portfolios are made up of the same speculative investments and theories that have failed us time and time again. The banking and securities industries have ruled financial planning for decades, and the only true benefactors are them. The infinite banking concept has proven to be the ideal solution. Hi, everybody. Thank you uh, for downloading this week's podcast. This is the Infinite Banking Radio and uh, on the Paradigm Life Radio Network. My name is Patrick Donahoe. Today, I will be, uh, be the host, and uh, I have a special guest joining me, Trevor Keel, coming out of uh, Houston, Houston, Texas. How's Houston today, Trevor? Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful now. Once you get into October, it's a lot better. I bet. I bet. Well, for those of you who are listening for uh, the first, uh, first time, we, we have a lot of resources on our webpage. We have past podcasts. We have a very extensive blog. We have lots of different videos on there that explain the infinite banking concept, talk a lot about the theory of the infinite banking concept, and help educate you. Uh, if you would like to visit our website, it's www.paradigmlife.net. Again, that's www.paradigmlife.net. And uh, we also have a, a sign-up for our newsletter on there. And so if you would like information about our company, uh, what we have going on, our different events, our different webinars, and so forth, uh, definitely go onto our website and register and sign up for that. So today we're gonna we're gonna let uh, Trevor kind of take the reins and and give us an idea of um, who he is, what his background is, how he became involved with uh, with Paradigm Life, and also how he started utilizing the uh, the infinite banking banking concept. Yeah, thanks Patrick for for having me on. Um, a little background of who I am. Um, I got a degree in in biology and decided to continue on and went to dental school. Spent four years in Vegas doing that, going to dental school during the day and business school at night. Graduated with my dental degree and an MBA. Uh, then we moved moved out here to Houston for some more training and uh, we liked it so much we decided to stay. So that's a kind of a little bit about who I am. I, I'm a dentist and in private practice. Um, how I got involved with uh, infinite banking is about two years ago, two, three years ago, um, I was I've always had an interest in uh, finance and, and things of that nature, and I I listened to some podcasts and read a lot of books. And one of the recurring things themes that kept coming up was this idea of using life insurance as a as a financial tool or a way to build wealth. And I, I read a lot and studied a lot. Uh, the problem was a lot of it was mainly just theory or this idea of how life insurance can, can benefit you, but not a lot of uh, practical strategy. So I was having a hard time trying to figure out how to make it work in my life personally. And one day I was listening to a podcast that, that you were on, Patrick, discussing uh, life insurance and infinite banking. And um, what I ended up doing is I ended up uh, getting on Facebook and I, I stalked you. I, uh, <laughs> I did, a, I did a search, search for Patrick Donahoe, and 
uh, found you and sent you a message, and you got back to me, and uh, we started talking about about life insurance. And the thing that was really cool is that, um, like the other people that I talked to, who were just kind of telling me why life insurance is a great thing, you you had the strategy of how to implement it, and you know you had uh, one one person that I hadn't heard about. I didn't know who Nelson Nash was. I didn't know about infinite banking concepts, and you. You turned me on to that, and uh, like I said, that was about two years ago. Since then, um, I've started two two policies, and hope to continue to add more and more throughout throughout the remainder of my life. We we believe it's it's the best financial strategy out there. Um, so that's kind of well, you, who I am. But and you how you I you actually kind of, you made my you you made my job re- really easy because you you coming into to these meetings you you knew a lot, and and I've told you before that. That in uh, in the scheme of things, you know a lot more about life insurance than most most agents do. I mean, there's there's a book that really started to discuss how how important life insurance was as a social tool. That was uh, that was written back in uh, in the early 1900s by Solomon Hubner called The Economics of Life Insurance. And I don't know, I can maybe count on my hand how many agents I know that have read that book and really understand that the deep theoretical side of, of life insurance and how that works. But you you had read the book. Did you read it twice by the time that we, we met? Yeah, that that just proves what a big nerd I am. I I'd read it twice before we even talked. <laughs> <laughs> and so that and, and, and I guess that kind of that uh that alludes to another characteristic of yours, which is just you've uh what, what impresses me about you is you you you've you very you're very educated, obviously formally educated, but at the same time you've read a lot of books, you understand a lot a lot of economic uh, economic theory. And you and I both um, kind of uh, have have converged on on one school of, of economic thought, with the, which is the Austrian school of economics. And uh, we had we had the pleasure of uh, of going to Nashville together this past summer, and uh, and and seeing a book launch that discussed the the merging uh, of the the Austrian school of economics with the infinite banking concept. And I guess uh, what I'd like to do is just plug plug that book. It's called How Privatized Banking Works. Um, for those of you who are listening for this to this first podcast. Uh, you can go back to our our previous podcast, the one I did in September, and it had one of the authors uh, of this of this book on there, and it talks extensively about uh, our our monetary system as a as a country and as a world because most of the world has followed suit to our monetary policy, and uh, and how how destructive that is and how uh, integral part uh, of our uh, our cyclical economy uh, is, is tied to this flaw in the, in the monetary policy of the United States having to do with the federal reserve. So this book talks a lot about that. And it talks about one of the ideal solutions being the, uh, the infinite banking concept. But, uh, going back to this, this whole idea of thought, I mean, Trevor, why don't you talk a little bit about how, how you first came upon, uh, the, the Austrian school of, of, uh, of economic thought, which is very contrarian compared to the, the mainstream economic thought today. Yeah, a lot of that just goes back to my own interest in, in politics and current events. And, you know, there's there's a lot of educated people out there with PhDs that are, you know, have their own views or, or uh, commentary that they're trying to sell to the world. And I, I spent a lot of time studying that and trying to figure out, but what it really came down to was, was common sense. You know, if you go to any, you know, Economics 101 class at any university, you know, the principles are very basic, you know, supply and demand and, you know, things like that that they talk about. And you look at uh, these ideas that in an individual's life, in my own life, you know, um, spending less than I earn, you know, 
saving 10% of my income or whatever it may be, these things that are very basic for the individual, and then you look at the government as a whole, and they don't they don't follow those those same principles, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. And in studying these ideas and concepts, I came across you know a lot of the uh, early early I guess writers of the, the Austrian school von Mises and Hayek and Rothbard, and and that led to you know some of the more contemporary people that are involved in the school like Lou Rockwell, Ron Paul. And as I studied their ideas and their concepts, it, it made sense to me. And as we've talked about in the past, you know, the Austrian school really, it's an economic, it's an economic theory, but more so it's, it's, a, it's an idea that promotes liberty and freedom. And it allows individuals to choose how they best, they can allocate their own resources to, to better themselves rather than, you know, giving those resources to someone else to, to manage you. Yeah. And I put the personal responsibility on the individual. Yeah. Well, I think, and I've talked about it on the, on the podcast before. There's a, there's a book, which, cause obviously you kind in economics, you have, you have kind of the empirical and numbers and regressions and graphs and sublime demand curves and, you know, di- different things of that nature, which shows that the number side of things, but then you have um, a, a pretty wide spectrum of, of economic thought. But and uh, just just sh- just showing how how extensive that is. There's a there's a book that you can actually download on uh, on the Foundation for Economic Education's website. It's fee.org, F-E-E dot org, and it's called uh, the Mainspring of Human Progress. And in this in this book, it's it's absolutely incredible. It's the the author Henry Grady Weaver um, explains with with dozens of different examples exactly what you were just talking about, Trevor, which is. The, the, the real progress that happens in life, in life is when individuals have the freedom to pursue their own self-interest. They have the freedom to act. They have the freedom to innovate. They have the freedom to, to invent. And uh, it's absolutely incredible what comes as a result of that. And a lot of the, 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 the huge amount of, of progression that's occurred in the last 20, 30 years, um, or even 100 years, is, is a byproduct of this very fundamental human principle, which is, which is freedom. And today, as you were talking about as well, Individuals are are more dependent on uh, on other people. They're dependent on their government. They're dependent on their church. They're dependent on their parents. They're dependent on their employer. And it's it's weird that our whole country was founded on the exact same thing that we're straying away from. And uh, and it's unfortunate. But the Austrian School of Economics, I guess, from a theoretical standpoint, is uh, is trying to in- inject that uh, that idea of of freedom and entrepreneurship uh, back into society. And I think that the book uh, is, uh, is, is evidence that it's kind of starting to, to, starting to happen. Um, but at the same time, you, know, you still have a large population who, who is, it has another part of human nature, which is, which is uh, slothfulness, uh, which is dependency. And, and that's a very destructive, very destructive characteristic. Yeah, as a society, we we become lazy, and we want to we want to delegate things to others. We want, you know, we want people to to go to work for us. We want people to make decisions for us. We, you know, we pretty much just want to sit in front of the TV and watch the the latest and greatest reality TV show. And and that's the sad that's the sad situation we're in because when we do delegate those ideas and and those choices and those uh, things that we instead of doing for ourselves when we delegate that to others, that's that's where you lose the control and you lose that freedom and actually you wake up one day and wonder where it went. And I know and I know this is uh it's it's very satirical, but 
you look at uh, what what Jay Leno does sometimes, which is the the what's it called, the jaywalk, where he goes out and just asks just very yeah. very simple questions. Or you have uh, John Stossel started to to do it on 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 uh, on his show on his show, and you know he I remember the one I saw he went out and like had a picture of uh, you know Nancy Pelosi or John Boehner uh, or or other other very big political figures, and he would ask people who they are. Um, and nobody had a clue who they are. And even, even Joe Biden, they didn't know who, who he was for, for a long time. Um, but then they would hold up like, you know, pictures of the characters from Jersey Shore or, uh, or, you know, some basketball athlete or, or whatever. Uh, and everybody knew with, you know, in a, in a snap exactly who those people were. So you're starting to see, you know, a, a stray from, um, just, just understanding what's going on in not just the political scheme of things, but also the economic scheme of things because what's what's occurred w- with this kind of uh straying away from individual freedom is that individuals are dependent on other people to manage their money and whether it's uh whether it's fidelity or morgan stanley or another type of stockbroker or mutual fund manager or uh or uh 401k or ira administrator you, you have people just giving money to other people and, and hoping that they'll make a rate of return delegating the responsibility of their future income their retirement income to, to somebody else but again it falls right in line with uh, with how they operate the rest of their lives. Okay, so with your with your industry, Trevor, obviously you're 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 much different than the mainstream. And as you've kind of um, recently got involved in um, in private practice and so forth, you you probably have seen individuals, whether younger like yourself or, or older, who have a lot of experience, and you've been able to see their see their financial situation. Maybe why don't you talk a little bit about that, and maybe um, how it goes in line with what I'm trying to convey right now as as a point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm seeing a lot of that right now. There's a lot of uh, dentists and, and physicians that are colleagues of mine that I've associated with, and a lot of them, you know, are in their late 50s, 50s, early 70s. And, you know, they'll, they'll tell me that at this point they expected to be retired, you know, for the last 30 years. Uh, that was their goal was to be retired and be able to do the the things, you know, travel or spend time with their, their families or things like that they wanted to do. And, and what's happened is exactly what we're talking about. They're just like everyone else. They, they put that money in a 401k, uh, you know, just send it off every month and expected it to, to grow and grow and grow. And they'd be rich, you know, 30 years down the road. And what happened these last couple of years is that month they lost. 40 to 50% of that money, it's gone. And because they, they weren't willing to take responsibility for their own their own savings and finance, they turned it over to someone else who they just expected would magically make it grow for them. And, and now they're in a situation where they still have to work and they still have to provide because half that money is now gone. So and it's, fun, I, I it's funny, sorry, it's, fun, it's funny that well, it's not funny, but uh, one of the points that I that I often make is that you know typically solutions to problems are are right in front of us. We just we just can't we just can't see them, and a lot of the work that we've done with with dentists and and professionals, because you know that this doesn't just pertain to to dentists, but also other professionals like chiropractors or physicians, uh, etc. But uh, you, they're in the same situation as the rest of of the country financially. They have money being managed by something somebody else. And then they have all of their big purchases um, financed by somebody else as well, charging them interest. Okay, 
So yeah, this you're this exactly right. yeah. So this salute this solution, as far as the infinite banking concept is is concerned, is where a professional will take matters or or take the growth of their money uh, back into their own hands, with which they have complete control over. And the dentists that that I've met with and does, done business with, um, they they understand it right away. I mean, that, and that's what's that's what's e- that's what's awesome and, and easy for them to implement. But uh, maybe why don't you talk about Trevor just just briefly with you know maybe. Um, explanations in terms that are that are for me, the the layman, about what what dentists' financial responsibilities are to their practice, uh, such as equipment, um, and and not just equipment for the short run, but equipment that's con- consistently purchased over time, and and how much of that is is financed. Yeah, well, the majority of, of dentists are small business owners, you know, and and you can apply this to any small business, not just dentists, but the fact is they have they have high overhead. They have employees, they have equipment, um, they have materials that are used daily that they continue to have to resupply and replenish. And a lot of that costs money. And, and even though, you know, dentists or professionals may have a higher income than, than the average person, um, they're in the same boat because, you know, as Parkinson's law says, you know, your expenses rise to meet your income. And so they're, they're trying to keep up with Joneses just like everyone else. They have the huge house payment, the car payments, the boats. Um, and so a lot of them are living paycheck to paycheck. So when they have to buy new equipment or when they have to um, make payroll, you know, with their employees, a lot of that, a lot of that is put on a credit card. A lot of that is financed through banks. Um, and they're paying high, high interest on these things um, because they haven't managed their finances well. And like you said, the answer is right there. If they if they would take some time to educate themselves and learn more about the infinite banking concept, um, they could still do all these things that they're doing, but instead of making the banks or the credit card companies richer, paying them interest, they'd be paying that interest to themselves. And that would be funding their retirement instead of their 401k, which has lost 50%. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of issues out there, and it's just a matter of people taking the time to educate themselves. And that type of, that type, those types of purchases are not like a couple thousand dollars here, a couple thousand dollars there. They're, I mean, the, some of the equipment that you guys have to buy is, uh, you know, h- hundreds of thousands of dollars, which ultimately accumulates to mil- millions of dollars. And obviously using a it system, really with, yeah, and when it's using a system that they control, um, they, they use to finance and then ultimately pay it back. That means that those millions of dollars that they dish out in that type of financing is going to be in their uh, their policy or their pocket once uh, they retire, as opposed to you know Wells Fargo or Chase's. Well, you're exactly right, yeah. and a lot of that has to do with technology. You know, just like for the the everyday average American with cell phones and um, high definition TVs, you know, as tele- as technology increases, people want to want to upgrade, and that that costs a lot of money. Well, with dentists, you have you know digital X-rays, you have lasers. You have uh, machines that can make crowns in the in their office. Um, there's X-ray machines that can take 3D images of the head, and all that. Those you know, this equipment costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so when they go out and finance that, those monthly payments are huge, and the interest definitely adds up to hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years. Jeez. Well, another and that there's a there's an economic term for that which is called planned obsolescence, and it's and it relates to everything material. I mean, obviously, you know, you're always going to have a 2000, 
11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, Ford F-150, right? And every single yep. year, it's going to get better and better and better and better. Same thing with, with dental equipment. I mean, obviously, if you guys were using the dental equipment that you were 30 years ago, um, you, you'd, your practice would probably be out of business. Okay, so you always have to keep yeah, up. Awesome. And it's not keeping up with the Joneses. It's just keeping up with technology so you can provide a, a better service for your, for your clients. But all that entails money. And, and individuals in the dental industry, dentists, or, or just professionals in general, they go about buying things the way that individuals do, which is backwards, which is they ultimately come up with the entire purchase price by making payments. But if they would actually use their accumulated savings to finance their purchases and then pay themselves back with interest, all that money would be theirs over a long period of time, which can accumulate to millions and millions uh, of dollars. But another thing that you know you, you and I kind of uh, have talked about extensively is this whole idea behind uh, patients who finance their uh, their their procedures. Okay, so what what's the method of how patients pay for their um, pay for their different whether it's a crown or veneers or dentures or or different procedures. What's what's typically the the way in which they do that now? Well, there's there's really two ways uh, that we're seeing. You know, dentistry obviously is expensive, and people they have to finance it. They're not able to pay for it. So one way is, is the, the usual way: you pull out your credit card and you end up paying I don't know anywhere from fourteen to eighteen percent interest on your credit card to get your dental work done, or something that's kind of newer is there's, there's companies that have come out that will finance um, your, your dental work or any of your health care for that matter. And what they end up doing is uh, they, they make their money because they charge the dentist 10% wow. of whatever the total fee is. Um, but dentists are willing to do it because it's, it gives their patients the financing that they need to get the work done. So in the dentist size, they think, well, I'll give up 10% because at least I'll get this production. Right now, um, yep right now exactly um but again it's one of those things where the dentist is giving up money the patient is giving up money because they're they're financing the work and all that could be solved so one of the things that, that we've been working on and, and discussing is you know instead of uh, having having the dentist set up their own personal bank within their practice where they, they finance these procedures for their patients and they end up saving that 10 percent that these these banks, um, these financing companies are charging them off the off of their production. And we discovered a a platform where for for dentists and and just professionals in general, not just dentists, but the the platform will pull credit. The platform will set up payment plans, uh, electronic transfer transfers. Uh, the platform will do collections as well, and uh, and and it and it does it so a, a dentist can actually use his own money, his own banking system to finance these procedures as opposed to having to pay care credit or some third party that 10%. And the, and the great thing about this, again, going back to this idea of control that we talked about, is it puts the, the professional in control. It's their, their money, and they can set the terms of that loan. They can, they can determine the interest rate. They can determine the down payment. They can determine the length of time to pay it back. You have all the control to do that. So maybe if you have a patient that you're – kind of a little a little higher credit risk, maybe you charge them a little higher interest rate. But if it's a patient that's been with you for 20 years, you treat their whole family, they always pay on time, trust them, then maybe you give them a better rate. And it gives you the control to do what you want to do with your own, with your own resources. Yeah, so it, and you just look at kind of what, what that does uh, over time. I mean, on a, on a $500, proce $500 procedure, okay, 50 bucks. $1,000 procedure, 100 bucks is what you say. But 
looking at how you know how much that uh, grows to over time, uh, it it could be you know the equivalent with interest of you know thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, what would you say your your uh, your practice right now does on a on a monthly basis as far as uh, patients financing their procedures? I would say at least probably on a monthly basis, thirty to forty thousand dollars a month. So that's three to four thousand dollars that you have to pay out to somebody else. And in my, you know, in my practice is, you know, a very basic bread and butter type type dental office. But if you look at some of these higher end dental offices where, you know, people are people are living longer. You have the the baby boomer generation. You know, they have healthcare. They're living longer. They want to they want to maintain their their teeth and the rest of their health. And a lot of them, you know, they wear their teeth down. They're older, and they get full mouth rehab where every tooth is restored. Wow. Those cases are fifty. Fifty to sixty thousand dollars each. Gee, and there's a lot of that going on right now. So you you look at the the impact not only for the patient but also for the for the dentist or the professional. Interesting. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of money that just you know kind of going through the cracks to the banks or the credit card companies, and you know this is just one more this is one way that you're able to kind of keep that. Interesting. Interesting. Well. I know we're kind of running up on, on the 25-minute mark and don't want to get too long with the podcast, but um, Trevor, I, I know you're going to be back on, and uh, I appreciate uh, your, your advocating what, what we're doing here. I know that it would help your, your industry uh, significantly because your industry obviously has a lot of clout in, in society, um, you know, high, a, lot, a lot of education, uh, a lot of influence on, on the, uh, whether it's the, the political level or, uh, or the civil, civil level with being a part of associations and organizations and nonprofits. And so I know this, not, not just from the, the financial standpoint, but from the, uh, from the standpoint of understanding individual, individual freedom and independency. And, uh, and I, I know that you're a big advocate of it, and I, and I, appreciate, and I appreciate you being on the, the call today. Well, thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate all of your, your help and assistance. Awesome. Well, for those of you who, uh, who would like, and whether you're in the professional arena or not, we have a we have an article that you can download at bankingfordoctors.com. That's www.bankingfordoctors.com. And uh, you can download that. It, it talks uh, a lot about the infinite banking concept and how it can be used in conjunction uh, with, with a dental practice or a professional type of practice. But also you business owners out there that may have similar purchases and similar financial situations as dentists do, uh, definitely check, uh, check that out for your own, um, for your own resources. I, uh, I appreciate you download, or downloading this podcast and being here with us today. If you want more information about Paradigm Life or the Infinite Banking Concept, go to www.paradigmlife.net. That's P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M-L-I-F-E.net. We have a lot of resources on there. Please take advantage of those. And, uh, and if you would like to call us and set up a free consultation, you can do so by calling 800-870-8670. That's all for uh, this month. We'll see you next month.